8.37. Now then, time for Seoul Insert. Get you filled in on some of the hottest news stories developing in the capital, providing you some insights as well with our Seoul Insiders. Um, today, let me first of all introduce you, Cedric s k y s e d i Um, one of two insiders. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Your, your other insider is going to be here in a second. But we, we've been talking about how um, these kickboards, these e-scooters are pretty much everywhere. I, I, I was actually in Gangnam over the, uh, over the weekend and I noticed a huge increase. Like they seem to be on every street corner and they're just sitting there waiting to be used. Uh, they're kind of booked in the same way as a... Uh, As a shared car, almost. Right, right. And uh, to my surprise, recently I found out you actually need a license for it, which I think is a good thing. Hang uh, on, you need a, a license to use a kickboard or an e-scooter? You do, yeah. Yeah, well, so I guess you didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't. What, what, when you, what do you mean license? So you need an, an actual driver's license to be able to rent one. Right. Yeah, so I think that's a, at least a good thing to, um, to increase the, the safety measures of it. But uh, as we'll find out, that may not always uh, be the case. Well, there, there are some uh, numbers which we can look at here, right? Um, the Korea Transport Institute can put this into a bit of context for us. Right, right. And we're going to look at the numbers. Uh, but what we want to do is find out what some of the Seoul residents here feel about the, the rise in e-scooters and, uh, you know, if they feel safe or not. And so let's, okay. Okay. Yeah. let's do that then. I mean, because it, it is massive. Um, and, and we also are going to, I mean, it was actually Elizabeth who went out and uh, had a little bit of an adventure of her own <laughs> trying one of these e-scooters. So we're going to hear from her on that in a bit as well. But OK, a y first, let's take a little uh, sampling of, of public opinion then. Have you ever felt sharing sidewalks with electric scooters and bicycles in Seoul are dangerous? I've never felt particularly in danger. It's more of a frustration, I guess, when like a scooter, someone riding a scooter comes really close to you. But I've never felt like my life was in danger or that, yeah, I was going to get into an accident or anything. But I have had one kind of, I guess, close call, but it was near a construction site. It was right at five and all the workers got off and there were so many, like it was just a, a line of people riding their scooters along the sidewalk and I didn't see them coming. And then all of a sudden, like 20 passed by me. They didn't have bells or anything, so I didn't even know. And I almost like got hit. I've seen a few accidents happen. Nothing's happened to me necessarily. So when I see it, I'm kind of more conscious of like the sidewalk around me. But then I forget. So it's like, yes and no. Like I've seen the wrong side. But at the same time, like I don't think about it very much. What other dangers are there that threaten pedestrian safety? So I think the biggest danger, and it's not to do with scooters, but it's the motorcyclists and delivery drivers. Nothing against them. I've definitely had close... calls with them a lot more than just people riding scooters i think sometimes at night there's some areas that aren't very well lit so that can sometimes cause even if it's not like a surrounding safety issue but just like when you're walking and if you can't see the sidewalk and there's something there you can trip and fall other than that maybe just overcrowding and sometimes people are going left people are going right there's no signs to say stand on this side of the sidewalk versus walk on this one 
So, uh, thanks for gathering those opinions for us, Cedric. And I, I talked before about the, the numbers. You've got some in front of you now from the Korea Transport Institute, which give us a, a sense of the scale. Yes, according to the Institute, the personal mobility market rose from a scale of around 60,000 in 2016 to 75,000 in 2017, and it's expected to rise to 200,000 by the year 2022. Uh, the market value was at 400 billion won in 2015 and is expected to soar to 26 trillion won by 2030. Well, that's pretty significant. Um, so we have also here in the studio, Elizabeth Hong, our other soul insider. You've been out and about experiencing this for yourself. But, mm-hmm. but before we get there, um, I feel like I have to remind ourselves yet again that you do need a driver's license to use one of these things. But that seems to be almost the the lesser consideration right now because the businesses are jumping on board, aren't they? Right. There's an increasing number of startups continuing to join the market and corporates also becoming interested as well as foreign companies planning on joining in in what is expected to be basically the next big trend. And I don't know if you've heard of the term the last mile, and that refers to the short geographical distance that must be spanned to provide services to final end users or transport people or goods to the final destination. And that's what they're targeting because cars and public transportation, they provide the services needed for people to get from one place to another. But We all know there's also that last mile from the bus stop or the subway station to my actual destination, whether it's my home or my job, and that can be quite a long walk. And that's what this personal mobility service is targeting. And such convenience and easy access is what is attracting people to the services, leading to such a huge growth in this new market. Right then, Elizabeth. So that said... Tell us a bit more about your adventure. Yes. So I was able to speak with and actually experience how to use and ride these kickboards with Stephanie Kim, who is a regular user of this service. So why don't we go ahead and take a listen? This is Elizabeth, your Soul Insider, and today we'll be looking closer into how kickboards work. It's a Friday afternoon. We're in Gangnam area, in a residential area, a little bit quiet, um, and I do see people walking around, but not too crowded. I also have Stephanie here with me, who will help me explore this personal mobility service. Hello, Steph. Hello. So, Steph, I heard that you've been riding kickboards for a while now. Can you tell us how long you've been riding? I've been riding for about six months now since it started to get a bit more popular. Okay, and what made you get started into riding kickboards? Uh, I live in an area that's pretty inconvenient with public transportation, so I've been using the kickboards as an alternative for taking the bus on crowded days. Can anybody use it? Actually, you need to have a valid driver's license within Korea, as well as a valid debit or credit card. First, you have to download the app. Through the app, you can locate where the kickboards are. I do see we're looking at the map on Stephanie's app together. Um, There seems to be some kickboards across the street from here, so why don't we go over? Yeah, let's go check it out. We're right in front of a building where we found this kickboard that was parked, according to the map. All we have to do is get ready to start writing this. How do we get started? Uh, Basically, there's a QR code that's printed onto the kickboard. And so you take out your app and you scan the QR code and it logs you in and it starts the timer. There's a button for the accelerating and there's a button for braking. Pretty easy to use. Yep. So then shall we go for a ride? Sure. Sure. 
Okay, so we've arrived in front of my building. And the skateboard goes really fast. Yeah, I think it could go up to 15 kilometers per hour. Oh, so what do we do now, Steph? Do we just park it in front of your building? Yeah, you can leave it here or whatever is comfortable for you. Uh, you just take out your app and you press the end button. Great. So let's go ahead and end the service. And how much did the usage come out to? Uh, for under 10 minutes, it's about 1,500 won. So we did it about... Just 10 minutes, so that's how much they're going to charge you, right? Yeah. And they automatically charge you on your credit card? Yes, they do. You know, Steph, it seems like you're really good at navigating this kickboard. Do you have any pros and cons you can tell our listeners as well as any last tips you have for them? Uh, I guess some pros would be that if the roads are really crowded, you can get from place to place pretty quickly. You can also ride these scooters and you could get some air that way. Uh, some cons would be that it can get pretty dangerous if you're not as skilled. So I would say you would have to be very careful when you're riding these scooters. Great. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for helping us out. Thank you. This is Elizabeth Hong, back to the studio. So Cedric, you and I have been sitting here <laughs> listening along. It, it, have you tried it, by the way? I have never tried an e-scooter. No. I mean, I've mm-hmm. tried scooters plenty of times yeah. that are not electric. Right. Just I haven't even, even the manual scooters. Even the normal yeah, kickboards? Yeah, when I was a kid, I, I think I used to ride them a little bit. But, uh, yeah. I, I've um, done it quite a few times because I have kids with kickboards. I've even tried having my dog pull me along on the kickboard, <laughs> which actually probably gives me the closest thing that I could compare with the electric kickboard uh, in terms of having something else power you go rather fast and not feel all that stable. Um, Elizabeth, what was it really like? I mean, did you feel safe? Didn't so, sound totally no, safe. <laughs> Did you hear me panting? <laughs> I was, you know, I'm a thrill seeker. I would say I, I'm. I think I'm great at driving a car, but when it came to these kickboards, it's really fast. It was faster than I expected. So when I actually first got on it, I I couldn't get myself to continue riding it. I was pretty scared actually. And you you didn't mention I don't think, but uh, I know for a fact you were not wearing a helmet. No. So, yes, I did notice it's very convenient to use, easy to access, but there were no helmets anywhere in sight. And literally, when we talked about parking, they just park it anywhere. But usually on the sidewalk. mm -hmm. Right. They they usually recommend not to park anywhere within private property or parking lots, somewhere where it it doesn't block any passageway. And in the Gangnam Um, area, they are generally very wide sidewalks, and that's probably one of the advantages. Right, right. And it's convenient that you could just park anywhere and then just get to, or maybe in front of the building that you need to get to, and then just go in, come out and look for one. Mm -hmm. um, One other question I had for you, though, Elizabeth, was um, how much of your scooting time was Mm -hmm. on the sidewalk versus actual road um you know usually well we were doing a short package so we only did about 10 minutes honestly just through through the residential area the small roads so that was mainly on the actual roads right mainly on the actual roads but i do see a lot of people as we were walking to get a kickboard riding these kickboards and sidewalks you know and that could be very dangerous but they're both dangerous especially so you're not wearing a helmet and Mm -hmm. you know stephanie thank you very much stephanie for doing that by the way but one thing i can pick up on there was um saying that you've got to be careful but it's not just you that's got to be careful there are plenty of people on motorbikes and uh, the traditional Mm -hmm. form of scooter who for years will tell you and bicycle for that matter who will Mm -hmm. tell you no matter how careful they're being it's a car that's pulling out Mm -hmm. that, that hasn't seen you 
that also can be a great threat. And if you're not wearing a helmet... Right. Then it could lead to serious injuries for sure. Or worse. And that actually leads me to some statistics, actually, because according to Samsung Traffic Safety Research Institute, they announced that there were a total of 488 reported kickboard accidents within the past three years, as from 2016 to 2018, with two of them actually being fatal. So there are fatal accidents involved and 12 being serious injuries. And, you know, with this exponential growth of such personal mobility services, accident rates have shown to have increased Five times more uh, in 2018 compared to 2016. 87% of the accident cases show that the riders were not wearing these helmets. And the reasons for such accidents include riding on sidewalks, not slowing down at intersections, and not following the traffic signals. Um, Cedric, you've not had a lot of experience of scooters themselves then. But you do... know that in the U.S. this has also been causing a problem, safety-wise. Right, right. So let's compare uh, how the situation is in the U.S. with Korea. So, uh, you know, it's becoming more popular in the U.S., especially in a lot of different areas and cities. Uh, And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC, launched a national study in March of this year at the request of the Health and Transportation Departments in Austin, Texas. And they recently released the results of a study that looked into the risks associated with electric scooters. On the top of the list of accident-related incidents involving these scooters, they found that head injuries came in at 45%. So right under Mm -hmm. half of all injuries were head injuries. And uh, next on the list of injuries would be the upper extremity fractures, which accounted for about 27%, and followed by the lower extremity fractures at 12%. And some more findings of the study. Uh, The median age for the people injured was about 29. So relatively young, um, but still adults. And the majority of injuries occurred on the street. 29% of them were first-time riders, and 18% involved motor vehicles. Mm. Question for both or either of you. Honestly, this is obviously a potentially serious issue. But when you compare with some other countries, not the US, uh, actually, we've got a pretty sanitized environment here. I've just been to Southeast Asia, Indonesia in in my case, but you could pick Vietnam, Thailand, Mm -hmm. any other number of countries. And you've got like... petrol driven scooters popping out mm. everywhere right like on sidewalks off sidewalks <laughs> like it's kind of I- incredible that there aren't accidents happening all around you in that environment and obviously they are happening all the time but right. um this is uh nowhere near as serious as that mm-hmm. uh, i mean mm-hmm. th- should we be factoring in uh, a little bit of uh freedom for people to 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 take their own choices mm-hmm. if they want to go around on an e-scooter take the risks oh i mean i definitely think safety is most important and when these are electric scooters we're talking about you know and I, as i mentioned for me being a driver and i think i was a, i would say i'm a long time driver and for me to be scared it means that the speed is is you know pretty significantly high and I actually had a friend who also mentioned that he his brake wasn't actually working. Right. So he had to jump off the scooter um, and he, he got pretty injured. I mean, not significant enough where it was a serious injury. But these things happen. Well, actually, that's also a point about the sharing economy here. Mm-hmm. So if it's your own scooter, right. you'd probably know your brake's not working mm-hmm. and you'd report that. But not everyone's necessarily going to be fully responsible 
right. when, when it's just one they're using for an hour and then dumping. Right. I mean, I did hear that these companies do have or are trying to plan insurance, uh, I guess, for these scooters. And they're trying to think of some policies regarding that. But as far as helmets go, though, back to the helmets, you know, you mentioned, Cedric, that head injuries are are really, you know, what's happening a lot. Because I also heard that these wheels are small. You know, the weight of the balance of our body weight, that causes it's more prone to get head injuries. So so, based on what you've said as well, just Mm -hmm. your driving experience, it doesn't actually help you. So to have a driver's license doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be safe riding a right because we're e-scooter. not used to you know <laughs> balancing ourselves on this narrow small wheel right and you don't get any training on how to ride an e-scooter exactly you know, so. right um, and and again technically uh, according to the law kickboards or electric scooters fall under motorized vehicle they should only be driven on the roads which mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it's totally safe but there are problems of people just riding into pedestrians as well um one further thing i i thought of though um again to both of you or either of you like are we encouraging a society where people are exercising even less if they're not even walking like because people on the other hand people will say things like well get off a bus stop early so you walk a bit more so Mm -hmm. like if if you're just walking uh 20 minutes versus the scooter for five minutes right that's um that's a bit difference isn't it That convenience factor is what's really attracting the people because honestly, where I live, it's it's about 15-minute walk to the subway station. Sometimes I just don't have that 15 minutes, right? I need to rush in. And I find myself sometimes trying to take the taxi. And that is a little bit, you know, more costly, obviously, compared to these scooters, which is also what they're trying to attract with consumers. Right. So when you're looking at how much it actually costs for the time that you're using it, Mm -hmm. I think it's a much more... Uh, attractive option than walking the 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, minus scootering maybe, you know, three or four minutes. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to preach about that, frankly. If people, <laughs> right. people right. want to have extra 15 minutes doing whatever, that's their business. But I, I, there is perhaps a problem with a society that doesn't allow itself to have an extra 15 minutes. And of course, the health implications of nobody really getting much exercise um but that aside any final words as we often like to leave you both uh, with an opportunity to to take us through the, the thoughts you have on this uh, or any advice that you would give i mean elizabeth maybe you can have the final word in a moment because you actually did this but cedric based on what you've heard today yeah i would like to just say uh, as a pedestrian just be more alert of your surroundings especially if you're used to having earphones and listening to music while you're walking just be more alert and just Use your peripheral vision just to be safe. Use your mm-hmm. peripheral vision. It's like a superpower. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Elizabeth. Well, I definitely think that certain you know, safety measures need to be put into place so that you know, with this strict enforcement, people can be forced to, I guess, take those safety measures. But also, as a fellow citizen, you know, I think we should all be safe out there and also maybe you know, take these safety precautions as much as we can and you know, really respect the others around us so that we don't harm or damage you know. Anybody or any property or anything in general, right? Let's all be safe out there, please. Yeah, well, here we are where the the car app sharing, whatever you want to call it, picking up is so problematic, but we've allowed the the brakes to come off this area maybe a little too soon, a little too freely. But thank you very much, both of you. That's our Soul Insa. And we'll be back tomorrow with This Morning at 7.05.